Miles, oh, my basketball. Went into the neighbor's yard. Buddy, can you go get it for me? I'd really appreciate it. Just be careful, because that's a monster house. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to your new favorite podcast, The More You Nerd. My name is Drew. I am joined, as always, by my good buddy, Miles. How are you, dude? I'm doing all right. I've just. I love this. I love this time of year. I, I the new Halloween movie just came out and I got to see that this weekend. And uh, there's more stuff coming out like basically every week up to Halloween. And I think a couple things the day after. So it's it's it truly is, you know, my time of year. But I, I do also like, you know, outside of the very adult spoops that I'm watching, I do. I, as we've said, you know, I really, really appreciate being able to take a look at the stuff that is geared towards younger viewers, because, you know, I think that. Stuff like Monster House. This is the film. I mentioned this last week. I would I would have had we not had a guest at the beginning. This would have been the film that I started off with because I wanted to build a bridge from what we were doing last year to kind of slowly getting more towards the older tween, early teen area. And this this is probably the youngest of the stuff that we're going to watch in terms of, I think, the content. And so initially it would have been this, Are You Afraid of the Darks, Night Books, and then next week. Gotcha. So we're a little out of order. So that is where I will sort of dial in a little bit with where I am with this movie. I watched this with my children and my children's reactions are going to pop out as we get to certain parts of the movie because, uh, well, my daughter in particular has something very big to say about this movie. But let's get started with Monster hey. House. Monster House is a 2006 release. It is a CG animated film uh, about a monster house. It is an Academy Award nominee, which is a uh, it's for animation, which I feel like, you know, what are you going to do with that? What do you think it lost to, Miles? would imagine so 2006 did it lose to corpse bride it did not it was nominated alongside happy feet cars and monster and monster house there were only three nominees that year oh did happy feet win happy feet won because of course cars wasn't going to win but I that's a whole other I conversation i've to begin seen with. happy feet to be honest i have definitely I've seen cars and liked it I've never I've never seen Happy Feet, except I know that it was directed by George Miller of Mad Max and Babe and one time Justice League director. Oh, man, um, I wish I could have seen all uh, that movie, except they, without they were as one far character as making a cast photo for that movie. They, like they Adam Brody was the Flash. They uh, and uh, somebody else was Batman that we're not going to bring up. Uh, was, was it Arnie? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, uh, but <laughs> that, that yeah the, uh, that movie uh almost got made they were doing like script readings and they had a whole like like yeah. thing where they all went to like a a, a, a summer home somewhere and uh, anyway I, I would have been very very curious to see what that would have looked like i mean i don't even know if I, I know what the script was at this point i mean i know a script existed but so this is an interesting time in animation because, as as you mentioned, only three films in the best animation category. I think this was not long after the category was created. It was it was it was it was fairly uh, early. Uh, let's see if I because I just had it called called up. Two thousand one would have been the first the first year the first year uh, where Shrek. Yes, just a reminder, Shrek got an Oscar. <laughs> You know what, though? I, I, I mean, it, it deserved at the time. It, did, it very much deserved it. It was up against Monsters, Inc., though. Uh, I mean, we, we can do an animation episode. Uh, Monsters, Inc.'s OK. I like I think Monsters University is better. OK, well, that, 
Let's get back to Monster House, the movie we're supposed to be covering today. (laughs) So uh, the reason I didn't do a ton of background is because the history of this this film isn't super, super interesting. The only interesting fact was that really come from it is the fact that it was uh, written by or the original draft was written by Dan Harmon and uh, Rob Schwab. Uh, It was it had then gone through rewrites and was basically it seemed like it was a. I don't want to say a nepotism situation, but someone who was fresh out of film school basically got a gig and this was what they were given. Um, and the movie came out. It did pretty well at the at the box office and was pretty well liked. If I'm not mistaken, I believe Roger Ebert gave this movie four stars. And I mean, that's I, I think what he said was um, he called it one of the most original and exciting animated movies I've seen in a long time and compared to the work of Tim Burton, which I absolutely feel here um, because the music by Doug- Douglas Pipes feels very informed by a Danny Elfman score. I can see that, and, but I'll be honest, I spent most of the time not paying attention to the score at all in this movie. I mean, I've seen this movie many, many times, so I've, it's it's. Uh, something I noticed this also came out at the kind of beginning of the return of 3D screenings. So if that makes sense, because you know how the beginning begins with like all those leaves kind of going in and out of the camera and swirling around. This was kind of at the beginning of of bringing those back. I saw a 3D production of this and um, because I want to say the film that actually brought it back was My Bloody Valentine uh, 3D. That was the one that, that was really, really big. But uh, yeah, this one came out in 3D. And so you can see some bits where the, the, the they're a little less obvious than I would say they were in the 80s. But there are some clear moments where it's like they're trying to show off their 3D. They just want to do a little bit more artfully than just sticking a hand out at you well and i can definitely see that with the with the the monster house's teeth coming out Mm -hmm. and and things like that i could i i could totally see where where that 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 lands Uh, let's let's get into the story because there's there's some interesting bits here again we're not going to go through every little beat by beat moment of this story because it is a kids movie it is about what you expect Uh, Mm um So you've got 12 year old DJ whose parents are leaving for the weekend. His parents voiced by uh, (laughs) by Fred Willard and Catherine O'Hara, which is just fantastic. I love the two of them together. And Uh, and Fred Fred Willard actually sounding a little bit like Bob Odenkirk here. (laughs) See, it's so funny. I can only hear him as Fred Willard. uh, uh, Rest in peace, Fred Willard. We lost him last year, uh, I think. Um, Yes, it was last year. Just a, a a tremendous, tremendous uh oh yeah comedy big, performance. Yeah, big, big fan of his his work. And um I just yeah, I I I'm bummed we we won't have more performances from him, but he was a very, very, very electric actor. Yeah. Uh so so DJ is is walking uh, or actually it kind of opens with a little girl in a tricycle and she mm-hmm. is riding in front of of this spooky house. And all of a sudden, this old man comes screaming out of his house, yelling at her and breaking her tricycle. And we flash to DJ, who is watching uh, <laughs> rear window style from his bedroom <laughs> with the telescope, watching all of this go going down and making a note of what's going on. Uh, and, you know, as uh, he we're we're also introduced to his best friend Chowder, who is a a, a more heavy set young man wearing a cape, uh, which is kind of a fun look, uh, and uh, and a, a mask who is super excited for Halloween. Although his buddy DJ is not so happy about it anymore, and may not want to trick or treat at all. Um, flash forward, the kid, the parents go out of town. We have the the babysitter come in. Um, we're just gonna skip to it. The house across the street with the old man is uh is not a haunted house it is a monster house it is but yes it's a it's a monster house well i guess it is a haunted house but it is also a monster house it's a cool twist on the haunted house story and i think the the i the the concept is is very very novel and so uh i do i do tip my hat to to harman and Schraub because i think the the concept is is very 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 fun and 
this movie kind of sticks out like a sore thumb in in the 2000s because you know as we've mentioned a couple times this month you know at this point in time these kind of horror for kids movies are slowing down to almost nothing so this this movie came out in the in the middle of the of the oddies and just it's 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 kind of in a league of its own because there is nothing very little else out there in terms of mainstream films that were coming out and i mean you've got uh i think it was uh Zemeckis that produced this um and and Amblin entertainment so you kind of it's got a kind of pedigree like especially with it being Amblin there's a very Amblin feel to this i, uh, I mean it's I don't not, see I don't see Zemeckis listed here, but it was definitely it's an his Amblin. company. Image Movers is his company. Okay, yeah. But the, the, I mean, even the film the film itself, you know, it starts off as I mentioned with with a lot of uh, shot, uh, exterior shots, and you're following these leaves for a little bit before you go on to the little girl running her trike, and it's just it's just shot a little bit more artfully than you typically give credence to what people would consider a kids' movie, and. And I think that's kind of the Amblin touch there. There, there's a very specific kind of tone that a lot of Amblin movies have, and and this absolutely carries that on. I can see that. Uh, it, it, it's it's interesting because I have to say first first out, this movie though I it is a horror for kids movie, is not particularly scary. Um, no, that's I can, why it was going to be first. Yeah, I I I can definitely see why why this movie would scare some younger kids. Um, but I'll, and I'll go ahead and tell you the, the, the story of me watching this movie. So I'm watching this movie with my kids mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, my, my son is, is nine, almost 10. My daughter just turned seven. So we are, we're watching it. And, uh, right about right before they start the process of going into the house, because that is a big deal that, that, that we get to, uh, my son decides, Ah, you know, dad, it's a little too scary for me. So I'm going to go. Meanwhile, at the time, he wasn't actually scared. My wife was building uh, a Lego set and he just wanted to help her with the Lego set. (laughs) (laughs) So that was that. Of course, once he left, my daughter left not long after that, though she kept peeking in and she kept she came back and she watched. uh, She missed about five or 10 minutes in the middle of the movie. And then she came back and watched the rest of it. But she had to tell me over and over again that she didn't think it was scary at all. So good. You know, that I mean, was, it's not a very scary movie. This, this is, this is more of a spook house ride. It's, it's, it's horror themed, but it's not actively scary. I mean, if you were Y7 or, or younger, I could see the monster house, you know, being a little scary, but the way the movie is colored and the way everything is done, even when the kids are in per- perceivably some danger, it's it's never dire. You know, it's it's more that kind of Amblin adventure than it is actively scary. Yes, I, I would agree with that. It is they, they get into uh, kooky hijinks and shenanigans more than they get into actual fears and and let's let's just kind of lay it out of of the characters that we've got our our main trio we've got dj we've got chowder we've also got jenny jenny is a uh a girl who is selling candy to give out on halloween uh and and she gets roped into roped into the situation uh as she is one of my favorite exchanges in this movie is the conversation between jenny and uh, z the babysitter uh, played by Maggie Gyllenhaal, Z. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I love that exchange. You know, oh, babysitter, huh? And like breaks it down of like, okay, if you buy this, this, and this, I'll only charge you this, and you can pocket the ten bucks. I'll give you a receipt saying you paid this much. But <laughs> right, and it's it's it was it was such a great great line, and it, it really tells you all you need to know about Jenny. Where she's kind of this go getter. She goes to a prep school. She's very smart. She's prim not prim and proper, but she knows how to be prim and proper. And um, uh, and then obviously, you know this this movie plays with a lot of tropes. Like both boys trip over themselves the entire movie for this girl. But yes, they don't. I, I, I applaud them for not playing Jenny like simply just 
a goal, an object, or even someone who is not helpful. She is an equal part of this crew. Sorry, Miles, you caught me sneezing. Um, <laughs> but oh, yes, well, I was like, what? what? Uh, yes. So, so she is an equal part of the crew. She is very much involved. But, it, you know, th- this movie is. It's really weird because I want to go beat by beat with it because there's a lot that happens in this movie. It's not a long runtime. It's only 90 minutes, but we we haven't even talked about Mr. Nebercracker, the 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 old man who lives in the house played by Steve Buscemi in this in this movie. Right. So what they what they see, what they you see constantly is is that uh, old man Nebercracker constantly is accosting people for being on his lawn or on his property and in often taking stuff that touches it and played yeah like you said played amazingly by steve Buscemi, who could tell is having a great time yeah. whenever he whenever he does voice work steve Buscemi always seems like he's having the most wonderful time it, you know whether it's monsters inc or whether it's uh hotel transylvania he just always just is you could just hear it in his voice. He is. He likes doing animation. It seems. <laughs> I think he likes interesting characters. Like, uh, he, 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 uh, in the two seasons, I guess I haven't seen season three of miracle workers. Uh, he, he does some very, very interesting characters that he just seems to, to really, really get into. I just love Steve Buscemi. He, yeah. Steve Buscemi. He, he's just, he's just great. He, he's got such an interesting career. He's done some outstanding dramatic roles. He's done some of the most wild mainstream comedies he's done quentin tarantino he's done horror he's done everything i mean just what a wild career this man's had (laughs) all right so uh needless to say dj kills mr nebercrack uh that happens fairly early on um just brutally brutally no i'm just kidding uh so so chowder and and dj are playing uh chowder's basketball goes into nebercracker's lawn she literally paid $28 for that is an expensive basketball, even in yeah, 2006. I, yeah, especially in 2006. I call shenanigans on this basketball. Actually, I'm going to look up how much a basketball uh, costs. I, I was about to do the same as like uh, like basketball was. Um, what's the brand? Uh, like actually a a. A Spalding basketball uh-huh. at Dick Sporting Goods is 29.99 a really i i think i think the one he had might have been a wilson i'm seeing well, one I'm, for i'm i'm seeing a ncaa final four edition at walmart for 1846 i'm seeing a a official basketball uh for 45 dollars at dick sporting goods so wow, what, what we're saying is okay there there is in fact a range um because here's one for five here's one for 90 who's got a 90 dollar basketball we're making great radio here it's just like in shock over the cost of basketballs these days but i i still like even then i'm just like oh man that seems like a lot but i i guess i guess it's feasible um but uh suffice to say his ball gets taken by the house by the house. So this is where we learn as Nebercracker, who who is picking up and screaming at DJ, seems to have some sort of a heart attack and falls on the ground motionless. They call an ambulance. The ambulance pulls him away. Um, in one of my favorite early lines in the show in the movie, uh, no lights, never a good sign. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my my favorite line in the movie is is coming up. It's it's always been my favorite line in the movie, and it's probably the most clever line in the movie. Well, we'll, we'll get there because 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 this is because the thing that I want to say about this is as we see Nevercracker getting wheeled away by the paramedics, you see the grass start to grab the 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 wheels on the 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 stretcher the wheels on the gurney mm-hmm. and grab it and and that's really s- sort of the 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 first kind of example you get of something else going on yeah it's a it's a good subtle move and things slowly begin to escalate as you know dj is obsessed with trying to figure out what's going on 
Chowder follows him around for a little bit, but he is mostly concerned with tomorrow night getting candy. Yes, as you do when you and, and again, they're they're 12. They're about at that age where you kind of stop doing that stuff. You kind of age out. So it, it, it's that how, is how, how old were you when you stopped trick or treating? Honestly, I don't remember. I am pretty sure I still trick or treated like up into high school. I know for a fact that I because we, we were walking one of my my friends, little brothers around. And after he went to bed, we definitely hit a couple of houses in plain clothes <laughs> trying to get candy. <laughs> but uh, I, I, yeah, I, I I I do remember one one Halloween. We basically went through my friend's closet and just put on whatever to obscure our faces so we didn't look older. And then just went around the neighborhood with with uh, grocery bags that his mom had and and trick or treated. I mean, I, that must have been the last year I would I probably was about 15 or 16. Uh, because, I mean, I'm with chowder, man, free candy. Uh, you're Halloween. Candy. Bo- you're Halloween boy. I, I know it. I know. But I... also free candy, <laughs> candy that they give to you. And they also, my friend lived in a very rich neighborhood, so then there's the full-size bars, and I'm not giving up on that. Oh, yeah. If you yeah. live in the full-size bar neighborhood, you got to... Yeah, it, it was a full-size bar, like, gated community neighborhood, so we were like, oh, yeah, we're going to go trick-or-treating at your house, buddy. You got <laughs> to keep that up. You got to keep that yeah. up. Um, <laughs> I get those king-size almond joys. <laughs> so, of course, Jenny gets involved with them because she is taking her candy sales to Nebercracker's house. and. DJ and Chowder have been have stayed up all night staring at that house, peeing in bottles, which is just a choice. <laughs> just uh, an I wonder whose choice that was. Because <laughs> if there's a Dan Harmon choice, that absolutely was one of them. <laughs> well, that the other side of that to me is that there is a surprising. Well, I guess it's not that surprising, but you don't normally see name brands and animation as much and the basketball that we talked about chowder's basketball it is i think a wilson basketball or a spalding basketball but mountain dew is the two liter bottle they choose it is name checked in the movie mountain dew <laughs> that they are peeing in those bottles <laughs> yeah uh, but so the, the eventually the house tries to get Jenny and thus starts this whole exploration as to figuring out, OK, what's going on with the house? Why is it trying to eat kids? And essentially, how do we stop it? And. I really like all of the lengths they go to, because like. For one, none of the they, they, they do refer to it because Chowder, for example, goes over to DJ's house. And fails to call his parents, despite the fact that he stays the night. And again, these kids are 12. So when he wakes up the next day and is talking to his dad, he is very much in trouble. Yeah. Now, I'm assuming the parents kind of just figured that he stayed at DJ's, but I had done that. And also my parents got mad, but I didn't call, even though they knew exactly where I was. The fact that I didn't call and tell them that I was spending the night at my friend's house was the issue of the day something that honestly would not happen today at you least know, no, you got cell phones yeah not a single per- person has a cell phone it seemed like in that movie they used the cordless house phone I, I, that, okay so this is this is a question that i have for you is this movie set in the 80s i think so you, know, you have a pizzeria with an arcade machine the, all, all the video it, games chowder when we see him at his house is playing some sort of atari inspired game yeah so i i would imagine that this is if it's not supposed to they don't say it but i think it's supposed to be that kind of time period there's nothing in the movie that i think that really gives away any modern flair at all no all the cars look pretty old all the styling of things look like even even the cops when we're introduced to the cops they're they're wearing brown police uniforms which i always associate with the 80s (laughs) Is that, well, that weird and, and even the no, because I mean, even the cop car is that kind of square style. Yeah. And and the town, honestly, 
uh, reminds me a little bit of Haddonfield from from Halloween. It's the, it's that same kind of suburban covered in golden leaves. OK, so I'm glad you said that because DJ's house specifically reminded me of the house in Halloween. With, yeah. with kind of with kind does, of the, it does look like it with kind of the 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 kind of ivy growing on some lattice work outside like mm-hmm. okay i'm glad you i'm glad you called that out because i had forgotten that I, I made that note uh so yeah from here it's all about figuring out how to 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 stop the house so what's step one call the cops <laughs> which which i mean it is such a kid idea like especially uh an 80s kids idea oh something bad's going on we gotta call the police what does every tv show tell you to do you know yeah. uh, especially and- if it's it's supposed to be the 80s and i think i i saw somewhere where it was supposed to be vaguely they, they again they never say it but it's meant to resemble 1980s i think so specifically like wisconsin in like 1982 um so you know popular shows at the time are mostly cop shows so a, a kid yeah their first inclination is going to be to call the police despite how silly that sounds to call the police to take care of a monster house yeah uh and uh that so we're introduced to our our police officers landers and lister played by kevin james and nick cannon in <laughs> like i think i like nick cannon's police officer a lot uh, he's the 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 rookie. I'm surprised cop. by how much I like him. He he gives a what would be later a very Kevin James performance. I I feel like and Nick Cannon usually is not someone I I appreciate in in many things, but he was he was very funny in this. Uh, he's pulling his gun on children constantly. He's like, put that away. That's loaded. <laughs> it's it's very, it's 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 it was funny for funny. the time. It was funny for the time. Uh, so, uh, of course, the cops, um, you know, are going to arrest them. And uh, well, that happens later after they get their second idea where they go to. Uh, we haven't even talked about Jason Lee's character who has disappeared by this point. Um, Jason Lee so, plays Z's boyfriend Bones. Who looks like he's supposed to be like 50. <laughs> like Bones looks 50. Like he looks like he, he's a part of the Rolling Stones. Like Z definitely has that maybe a high school senior or college dropout kind of vibe. Um, but Bones actively looks. I know he's supposed to look like an older band boyfriend, but he looks ancient. So I, the, I, don't, I don't know if that's a take on the idea that in the 80s, you know, 30 year olds played 18 year olds. Because that's definitely what was happening. Uh, I mean, right. I, Jason Lee might have been in his 40s by the time this movie came out. I don't know. But uh, the thing that gets me about Bones is that he is such a jerk to DJ mm-hmm. the first time you meet him. And yep. then and then he's kind of really sweet and nice. And you think, oh, he's not that bad. And then he's a huge jerk to Z. Like, it's a really weird. I don't know. It's a really weird take on that character. Um, he gets eaten by the house, by the way, because of a kite. Uh, but uh, flash forward, they have they they go and they visit the other. I'm going to say, quote, big name cameo in this, where they go to the pizza parlor, the very 80s pizza parlor, and they come across Reginald Skull Skalinski, which uh, is is he related to uh, Skull of Bulk and Skull? They 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 siblings cousins. <laughs> possibly an uncle if it's in the 80s <laughs> uh this is uh so skull is a is a master of video games and a master of of spooky stuff uh and he is of course voiced by john heater napoleon dynamite himself who at this point is still still working pretty regularly yeah but he's he at this point i think he was doing like kind of school for scoundrels and stuff like that these kind of lukewarm comedies and and kind of fading away after after the big boom of Napoleon Dynamite. Um, well, I don't know because Napoleon Dynamite was oh four, which is wild. Right. I thought that was earlier than that. I thought that was oh two. But Man. then he had like you know the Benchwarmers and School <laughs> bench, for Scoundrels. All, Benchwarmers, School for Scoundrels, and Monster House all came out in two thousand six. <laughs> they were all in that same. Right, so year. he was still working, and then I think around Blades of Glory, things started to kind of really start to cool off for him. Oh, he's actually I'm looking at this. He is continuing oh, he to work, man. He absolutely works. But 
Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not, I have nothing against John Heater. I was just never a big Napoleon Dynamite fan. And I mean, there is stuff that he does that uh, is pretty, pretty fun. Mostly his voice work. I, I did enjoy him in this movie. He was, the character was, was appropriate for John Heater. Yeah. Um, I, I think. It just reminds me, like, I remember being a kid and thinking that certain older kids knew things when they were clearly absolutely clueless, which is the same with with John Heater, really. Like, he's given some video game advice, basically, to these kids. And. You know, it it ends up being a thematic thing. Oh, you got to take out the heart, but it really doesn't help because, I mean, as Jay says, well, well, how do you find the heart in a house? But then they figure out the the, the story. They figure out what to do. And this it, is they, honestly they out what to do. But but I still would say that, like, John Heater's advice is not very helpful. No, I, I would I would argue that it is not particularly helpful. But this is where this the, the movie kicks up, kicks up the speed because I'm, I'm enjoying mm-hmm. it at this point. But this is really where the house becomes the focus. And this is the roller coaster to the finish. So they get this idea to fake a kid, fill it with fill it with cough medicine, cough syrup, which <laughs> Th- that uh, they steal like they hundreds, felons. hundreds of dollars of cough medicine, uh, like for, enough to get a um <laughs> I- intent to distribute for anything, and yeah, they they stuff it in this jacket <laughs> and slap a mask on on top of a vacuum cleaner and send it on its way to the house thinking it'll put it to sleep which is a clever plan and i really it's, looked forward to cute. that i really looked forward to that plan working but of course the cops show up again in one of the wildest scenes in this entire movie the uh, the the kevin james cop picks up the bottle of 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 cough syrup sips it <laughs> In, just like he starts drinking. He he dips his finger in it and rubs it around his gums like you do to find drugs in an 80s cop movie. And then he's like, oh, it's cough medicine. And then he looks around and just takes a couple of big gulps. And it's like, oh man, that is <laughs> that ain't right. Um yeah, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is almost every decent, and not all every decent, but almost every decent kids movie contains jokes. And situations that as a kid, you wouldn't think twice. So, ah, ha, 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 he's not supposed to do that. And then as an adult, you're like, oh, wow, that's dark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, of course, the cops get eaten at this point. And this is real. And this is where the kids enter the house for the first time. They're in the back of the cop car. They are being arrested. Yes, the children are being arrested. What charges? Who knows? I have no idea. I have no idea. I, the entire time I'm like, why are these? What? You don't arrest children. <laughs> so they they are, are are sucked into the house. And this is where we're inside the house. And this is where things get like creepier. We've seen the house turn into a monster and to eat the car. And their half of the car is there. Then all of a sudden they're in the house and they're figuring out what to do. And they're sneaking around and and the the eye the windows the the top windows of the house are the eyes of the house and the front door is the mouth and you see the eyes kind of looking in and looking out and it's really kind of interesting and they they make their way to to well actually they fall into the basement and find all the toys that that Mr. Nebercracker has stolen over the years and then we we start to to find we we find the 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 real the real key a cage with a lock on it Oh, man, this is where this movie gets. <sighs> this is where I see the Tim Burton inspiration. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. This is, and this is also where I see Dan Harmon and Rob Schraub making something. Because we learn uh, as they as they open the 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 cage and find the silhouette of an extremely heavy set woman. Bare in concrete buried in concrete uh and and they they but they see like flowers around it as if it's some kind of a shrine and uh, of course then they end up messing that up and the the concrete disintegrates and there's a skull and the house now knows they're there and uh what are they gonna do and they somehow trigger the house to to throw them up which is kind of kind of neat uh, and and there's a lot of there's a lot of uh of foreshadowing of events in here that i appreciate they don't just come up with things in the moment they introduce things first and then 
have it happen, uh, which I think is is a sign of better storytelling than just having it happen in the moment. Um, but yeah, and uh, then we're, we're so. From have we gotten to your favorite to, line yet? Uh, I think we passed just a skosh. Um, but I, I just want to back up a second. Um, from what I have been able to suss out, uh, the uh, creation of Constance Nebercracker uh, and that whole situation was not part of Harmon and Schraub's story. That was added to okay. their story. I can see. I, okay, I, I can see. I can in, see in that. In fact, that that aspect is what he takes a lot of issue with, with which is. Uh, to me, what helps ground this movie's emotional core. Yeah. Uh, and no, so my favorite moment is when they are at one point, they, you know, they're trying to, to find the heart of the house. And so they're all armed with super soakers because they, they, they realize that the furnace has to be part of the, the heart of the house. Cause DJ's uh, notes that ever since Nebuchadnezzar, you know, quote unquote died, that the smoke has been coming out of the, out of the chimney. So at one point, there's this kind of like a hanging kind of chandelier type thing, and it gets hit and the house vomits something out. And so Jenny's like, well, if that's if that's the mouth and that's the teeth, that must be the uvula. And to which Chatter says, (laughs) oh, it's a girl house. The best line in the movie. It is, was it is, was a good line. That was a really really good line. I I mean, it, I remember being, uh, what I I remember I can't remember exactly what it was. I was I think Maryland or something, in the theater, and it, there wasn't too many people in, in in the screening, but there was enough, and I just lost it <laughs> when that when that line happened, and no one else was really laughing. Um, I don't know what's in the water up there, but but no one found that funny. And I was just dying. <laughs> and even today, that line just kills me. It's such a good line because it's it's both dirty and innocent at, at the, the same, same time. time. Yeah, it's, it's it's a perfect kid slash adult joke. I, I agree. That is a fantastic line. It's 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 just it 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 is such a masterstroke, and I don't know who who we owe that joke to, but it's it is the best in the entire film. It's it's something that I always draw back to, and it's that kind of cleverness that I don't think a lot of adult horror really allows for for writing staff to be that cutesy and clever. You know, some are meta and some will be, you know, oh, it's a horror comedy. But but very seldom do you get like some genuine like this is really clever. <laughs> and and so I all I just have to highlight what a great moment that is. And it's. It's just one of those moments where you 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 get that kind of kids on bikes type of feeling from it. Well, and 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 that leads us right into the next arc of the movie, which is. Nebercracker's return. Nebercracker is not dead. He returns. And in the moment where he starts to freak out that kids are on his lawn, DJ has this sort of realization that Nebercracker is not a bad guy. He's just been trying to keep people away from the house because he knows that the house is going to attack them. And mm-hmm. he asks the he he asks Nebercracker about Constance. So we get the whole story of, of Nebercracker and Constance. And then for 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 him, it is it's becoming learning to let go of his deceased wife, which is kind of, a, of an interesting thing. Now, he has to let her go by blowing her up, which I'm not sure is is maybe the most healthy uh, thing. Yeah, the, the third the third act mixes its metaphors a little bit like they still have to have the explosive finale with the monster house. But the problem is that. I, I do think I do think the the finale could have used another pass like it's perfectly serviceable for a fun movie. But with the story you were telling, it doesn't quite deliver. Like it doesn't quite stick the landing because even when they blow up the house, then you have the ghost of Constance dancing with. um 
Steve Bashimi. I, I can't remember his first name. Um, <laughs> Never cracker. Yeah. That I, I don't think blowing up the house is what was, would, would have helped her spirit. Well, and I know it, I'm thinking that about this as an adult, but it just, it, it just she, doesn't quite make sense so, for so, me. So, so if you think about it this way, she is just as trapped in the house as he is. Sure, sure. And, and by, I, I can I can buy that. And by blowing up the house, this thing that that literally entombed her in the past, you you there there's some some letting go. Uh, and, and and there's again I understand that. I, I in fact I agree with you. I just don't think the movie fully translates that I, in the I, way that a movie, a movie for that age group needs to. I'll agree with that. I am more I'm more not the frustrated is the wrong word. I'm more put, I don't, off. I don't, put off, but even then that's not exactly the right word about the crane and having to drop the, the, the dynamite stick into the, the chimney the- as he's swinging around on a wrecking ball, grabbing DJ or grabbing a chowder off the ground. And I don't know. It's a little too much for me in that respect. Uh, which is weird because I'm totally fine with a with a monster house with two trees for legs and arms crawling around the neighborhood. Part of it is that it does feel like there was some sort of studio interference that you oh you have to have this big literally explosive ending, and it just didn't quite like. I, I still think it's very very fun. It absolutely is. I, I think I think they do a good job with it, but. If we're just looking at the, the kind of the beats of the story and everything, that that ending doesn't it doesn't deliver, I think, the the home run that I want this story to be. Because you give us the, these these specific emotional beats. But at the same time, you're overcompensating the fact that you're doing something emotional with, oh, well, we still got explosions. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think like and again, I very much I love this movie. I think it is delightful. And there's a reason it would have been kind of the first week, because this is like even as your daughter said, not very scary. It's 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 fun. And. I think what makes this such a good piece of of kids horror for me is even though it is a little bit of just a kind of a, a fairground spook show ride. It doesn't seem, despite my my issues with the 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 denouement of the film, it doesn't seem to talk down to its audience in the way that some made for TV. I'm just gonna say it, Disney Channel movies can be. They don't over explain everything, which is a huge right. Which like they don't really explain much of anything. They just kind of they do it. They just uh, they just ask you to go along for the ride, and. From my experience, most kids do. Um, I've showed it to several nieces and nephews, and they seemed to have a good time. And 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 they were often like, "Oh, that wasn't very scary." And I'm like, "Yeah, because if I showed something actually scary, I would get in trouble." <laughs> and I don't want to have that conversation. <laughs> like um, like when my mom showed my young cousins uh, the go- first Ghostbusters movie because she remembered me watching the Ghostbusters cartoon and forgot uh, some of the directions that the Ghostbusters movie goes in. <laughs> oh, no. How, how old were your cousins? They were probably I can't I, I want to say they might have been five or six. I don't remember specifically, but it was when Feel the it. Uh, it was when it was the TV edit edit. So it wasn't that bad. But uh, it was when the uh, the 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 demon dogs pop out that my mom was like. Ooh, I forgot about this part. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I def, I think that was probably the age I saw Ghostbusters. Now that I think about it, because I, I know I saw Ghostbusters two in theaters, and that was eighty nine. So I would have been five. So yeah, I saw it. I saw it probably around then. So, um, of course, at the end of the movie, to get to get back to it, uh, of course, the 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 house is destroyed. Uh, Candace's spirit. Uh, Constance's spirit, excuse me, Constance's spirit uh, disappears after after one last dance with with her husband. Uh, he is free. She is free. The neighborhood is free. 
And uh, as it turns out, nobody actually died in this movie. Everybody's wherever they were. They are now crawling out of the the hole in the ground <laughs> left by the house that is that is. Yeah, up I, and I, I, them. I, I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, it's just it's just a, I think the reason I want to pick this uh, outside of just being a bridge for where I want us to go with with our Halloween stuff. It's just a, it's a cute little movie. It's a cute little. I would say it's the film version of one of those fun. Pumpkin, Jack Lantern, witch, ghost themed. Trick or treat pails. Yeah, I, I think there's a little more to it than that. I think there's a cleverness. There is. I was just I kind a, of. There's a cleverness involved. It is not a dumb movie. It is. It's. It's not the smartest movie in the world, but it's certainly not dumb. It is clever. It's. It's charming. Right. And I. And I think it is a fun time for for the whole family. It is. There are some scarier moments if you have a, a young enough kid that would be very scared by an old man yelling at them. Or a giant, which is probably the scariest shot stuff in the movie to me, because they focus on him very directly and very close up. And the 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 fr- whole framing of the scenes change, and of course the house itself as as a gigantic, uh, creepy monster house. Um, I, mm-hmm. I think it might also land differently if you live in a neighborhood that has one of those old houses in it. Um, I did not grow up in one of those neighborhoods. Uh. uh well, uh, there was an old kind of broken down house, but it was very small. It wasn't two stories and it wasn't uh, and it was surrounded by two newer houses. So it didn't really I uh, didn't really have one of those, you know, creepy house in the block kind of things. But uh seen my fair share of old abandoned houses. I've. Uh, explored by fair share of those abandoned houses. <laughs> uh, he, When he says that he's explored them, he means he's gone and looked at pictures online of other people doing it. He certainly has never done any breaking and entering. So don't worry about that, gang. Miles is on the up and up legally. Um, yes, that's all we'll say. Uh, anyway, uh, so that is going to wrap up our discussions of Monster House, uh, currently streaming on Netflix. A good, good time. That is fun and and clever uh miles we we've got one more week yes we do of this of this forsaken month i mean let's be honest drew we're doing kids horror i think you've had a pretty good time um that time is coming to an end um we are we're gonna move a little bit older um no and and we're gonna stay we're we're gonna do our first i think pg-13 film (gasps) <gasps> i know we're getting we're getting we're getting naughty um so the goal the goal for this was to slowly move out of the trunk or treat and kind of do more we hadn't picked out a name for it i think drew and i were maybe toying with halloween dance but it is we're moving more from the y7 between to the more tween slash early teen and we're gonna end this year uh, with 2019's Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. The adaptation of the uh, <laughs> the classic series of books by Alvin Schwartz. You can watch this on, well, I think actually like very, very many uh, TV stations. I'll plug it this year. But you can watch it for free on Peacock, the NBC streaming service. Uh, this is a movie that has been gestating for a very, very long time. The books themselves were nightmare fuel for many, many, many kids. Uh, I think I would say it kind of inspired and terrified an entire generation of kids, whether or not they even read the books. This, uh, Drew, this, do you have any experience with these books? Yeah, this I don't have any experience with the books. I watched the trailer with the girl with the big bulge on the side of her face as she looks in the mirror and sees a spider leg poke out of it. I'm not into this miles. I'm I'm not into this. <laughs> so um, that is a classic, classic story from the books. Um, I believe almost all of them are versions of a beloved story from the books. And the way they do this without making it fully an anthology is pretty clever. Um, this is one that I, I I wrestled with doing at the end of this year, the beginning of next year, because this is this is a film that I would personally use as a gauge to see whether or not your 
kid or your ward or whatever is ready for the big leagues. Your ward? Um, I mean, is this Bruce trying to look, see if if if, if 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 Dick Grayson wanted to watch Texas Chainsaw, Bruce would need to sh- show him this first. Uh, <laughs> this this is on the I would say the heavier side of PG thirteen, but it is still a ki- uh, horror for kids story. It is one that is just it's not goosebumps. I mean, scary stories to tell in the dark was uh, a, a lot more of a mature thing. It was really meant for like 14, 15, 16 year olds, but mostly children read them. So this this one skews a little older as as the rating suggests. But I think for those who are kind of in the the 10 to 13 area, it's a it's a it's a good movie to kind of test your metal with. Uh, when it comes to wanting to watch something, you know, maybe a little little spookier, maybe rated R. Um, this one, I would, I would, I would probably have someone watch and see if they were okay with that first. All right. Not to say this is movie's massively scary, um, but for the right audience, I drew. I would not. <laughs> pop pop uh the twilight princess and the goblin king down in front of front oh, of this no, one no, no. Um, that, that was that was not going to happen miles is the, are the trailers to this movie the intro to are you afraid of the dark is that what i'm about to get here yeah all right i feel better i feel a little better i'm gonna i mean i i, I definitely think that that the, the small dose stuff works stronger when you're in the more long form like you're like oh this is creepy but like after a second you're like yeah it's not that bad uh, the kids' performances do a pretty good job um, with it, um, but it, it's it's an interesting slice of kids' horror that I want to talk about. I kind of wish uh, we had Renier coming back. I might hit him up um, <laughs> and to talk specifically about this. Be- and the reason I wanted to end the year with this is because it's an interesting example uh, doing the same thing that Are You Afraid of the Dark did in that not all the stories end well. Oh, good. Oh, boy. All right, gang. Well, that's it for this episode today. We will be back next week to talk about scary stories to tell in the dark. If you would like to reach out to us, you can find us at themoreyounerd.com. You can tweet to us at themoreyounerd, and you can go to facebook.com slash themoreyounerd, and you can email us themoreyounerd at gmail.com. That's themoreyounerd at gmail.com. You can also find some sweet merch at themoreyounerd.threadless.com with some awesome shirts there. I still think our TMYN versus Godzilla shirt is one of the best shirts that has existed on the internet. I, I love it. I love it so much. I'm still pretty proud of the uh, DR3W Gundam. <laughs> I still need to get that shirt. I haven't done that yet. Oops. Um, anyway, like, I've got like two versions of that shirt <laughs> well I, I, have, I have a baseball tee and a regular t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> well now i just feel bad so let's end the show as we always do miles with a rousing nerd, nerd out, out.